And let's uh, start out with some calisthenics, jack, jumping jacks. <laughs> We'll move around a little bit during worship. How's that? Warm up. Let's pray. Jesus, we are grateful to you, Lord, that you're here with us. Lord, we're here in your name. Have your way this morning. Lord, we just look to you. And just ask that you'd speak to us, Lord, and you would just move in our midst, and we would sense your presence, Lord, and you would draw near, and we would draw near to you. Lord, just move the things out of the way, Lord, that get in our way. Lord, you're not limited, Lord, and but, Lord, we sometimes just let things get in the way. Help us just, Lord, to let those things go and just find you, Lord. And we seek your face this morning. Amen. the world but it couldn't fill me man's empty praise treasures that fade are never enough then you came along and put me back together Every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing better than you, no. There's nothing, nothing is better. I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. You've seen them all, you still call me friend. Because the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. There's not a place in mercy and grace will find me again. And there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, 
Lord, we pour it out. 
thought it was the end It's just begun
Jesus, we just love you. Jesus, you're
give up. Praise your name. We do praise this morning. We honor you, Lord. We recognize your goodness, your greatness, your love, your faithfulness, your gentleness, your greatness. We love you. Amen. Okay, some reason the, okay, now we're on. Uh, good morning, I'm going to try that again. <laughs> Welcome everybody. Uh, thank you for braving the cold. I, uh, our, um, I've got a little temperature thing back there on the computer, it shows the outside temperature and in the, uh, two hours or so that I've been here, we've gone from 14 degrees outside to 17. That is amazing. <laughs> so in case you're wondering why it's a little bit cold in here, um, once it's below like 20 degrees, our steam system just has a hard time keeping up. So anybody who's watching online, you might notice that we're wearing coats because it's a little bit cold in here. The uh, We have a little... Uh, thermometer thing in the room and it's a balmy 63 degrees in here so you know if anybody wants to like wear swimsuits next week you can if you're so inclined um just i got one quick announcement and then we're going to take a short little transition break um and uh, we'll jump into the message here so men's breakfast i'm so stoked about this so next week it's going to be our first week back in a little while since yeah, since the whole pandemic-y thing started a couple of years ago. Um, however long that's been, I've lost track. Um, but uh, we're going to have men's breakfast next week. So we meet up in the tap room, which is the, there's a stairway outside kind of beyond the coffee bar. There's a set of stairs and up into there, we'll have those doors unlocked. You'll come directly into the tap room. We'll welcome you with food and coffee and uh, hugs if you're if you like to hug and fellowship and pray for each other and just have a good time hanging out. So if you're a dude such as I, I encourage you to come and hang out with us. It's it's really just it's a really good time. So uh, please come to that. Um, what time? Nine o'clock. I think is what we decided. Yes, I'm getting nods. We did decide nine o'clock. I'm going to update my slide to uh, verify that. Um, so 9 o'clock, yes. So 9 o'clock, next week, tap room, those are all the things. Um, so if I could get you guys to stand, we're going to warm up for a minute. If you want to do some jumping jacks, maybe a few push-ups, do a little bit of this. Um, I'm going to switch stuff over here and go say hi to a couple people as you stand.
All right, if I could have you guys start kind of wandering back. We'll get started here in just a, just a moment. So, um, I, with permission, I get to share a bit of, of amazingly good news. Um, our friend, uh, Steve Lindsay, yes, right there, our amazing friend, Steve Lindsay, I asked permission, or well, let me rephrase this, I asked permission from the boss, and she said yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, our friend, Steve Lindsay, um, as you guys know, was struggling with some uh, cancer stuff, and it was pretty significant. And this last week, went and got checked, and he is completely cancer-free in, like, in an amazingly miraculous way. Like, they didn't find anything, and um, he, I think he did half the treatment that you initially, yeah, half of it, and... Um, they said that he just he's good and doesn't need to get checked again. I think for two years is what they said, or there's going to be a two-year just kind of uh, check, but no more treatments or anything like that. And so that is a miracle, and we need something worth celebrating. And just thank you, Jesus. It's just super cool. I love, love it, love it, love it, love it. It's just thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. It's just so good. Yeah, I was, for a little while there, he had me a little bit worried about him. And so I was, you know, when you're a little bit worried about somebody you care about, you pray a little extra hard. I don't know that it, like, makes a difference to God how hard I pray, but I prayed hard. <laughs> Bless you, Steve. We're just glad you're with us. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for your healing. Um, uh, kind of along that note, some of you might know we have some different folks uh, kind of in the body that are fighting some different illness stuff. So I'm just going to take a moment. We know God heals. We see God heals. We're going to take a moment and, and just pray for our, our congregation, just for God's healing to kind of come in and, and flow through our whole body. So Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you heal, that Jesus, you um, bore our sins on the cross. You put yourself in the way of pain to save us. And the Lord, Scripture says that by your stripes we're healed. And not just our spiritual healing, but you heal us physically as well. And so, Lord, just like the, the man who his friends lowered him down through the roof to receive healing, Lord God, Lord, we lower down to you all of our friends, all of our church members, people in our family, Lord God, Lord, would you bring your healing touch? Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness of sins, that you died to forgive our sins. Lord, would you also do a healing in physical bodies, Lord God? So, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, would your healing flow? We ask for your healing touch to flow through our congregation in the name of Jesus. And we just, we speak to all of the illness and injury and disease, Lord God, we just speak against it in the name of Jesus Christ. And we say, be healed, be healed in the name of Jesus. 
So Holy Spirit, go, please, we ask of you. Would you touch bodies and would you bring healing to those we care for, Lord God? Amen, amen, amen. Well, thank you guys. Hey, we're going to start a a new series this month. It's called The Greatness of the Gospel. We're going to talk about why the gospel of Jesus Christ is central to all we do and who we are here at the Vineyard. Um, who, as a follower of Jesus, keeping Jesus central and keeping the good news of Jesus Christ central is absolutely 100% essential to being a true, good, full of integrity follower of Jesus Christ. All we do should be touched by the good news that is Jesus Christ. I wanted to start off with a prayer for this this new year we're going into. Um, This was a prayer I read. It's a Jesuit prayer. And I wanted to read it because I thought it was beautiful. The prayer is this. May God make your year a happy one. Not by shielding us from all sorrows and pain, but by strengthening us to bear it as it comes. Not by making our path easy, but by making us sturdy to travel any path. Not by taking hardships from us, but by taking fear from our hearts. Not by granting us unbroken sunshine, but by keeping our face bright, even in the shadows. Not by making our life always pleasant, but by showing us when people and their causes need us most. And by making us anxious to be there to help. God's love, peace, hope, and joy to us for this year ahead. I thought it was a beautiful prayer. If you read throughout the scripture of the apostles, of the disciples, of those who followed Jesus, God did not remove every obstacle from their life. Instead, he empowered them and strengthened them to face it with faith in him, that his will was being enacted. As a matter of fact, sometimes God calls us into places that are going to be hard, that are going to be a challenge. He's calling for us as the followers of Jesus to step into the gap and bring healing and bring restoration and bring hope to people who are in a hopeless situation. And when you put yourself out there into a hopeless situation, or a situation where there is pain and sorrow, you have to have Jesus. You've, you've got to have the Holy Spirit working in you and through you to sustain you. Otherwise, you just, guys, you just won't make it. Um, I was, not that I keep track, but um, roughly in the last four years, I've, I've, um, either performed or been a part, a significant part of over 10 funerals. Um, And so I've had to kind of trial by fire, learn how to bring Jesus' hope and love and, and our hope of an eternal life and victory into those places where People are full of pain and sorrow. I mean, when you come to a funeral, most of the time, not always, but most of the time it's not like, 
happiness and joy and light. Now, there's moments and there's places and there are moments of great intense beauty, I have to say, even in the midst of pain and hurt. Um, But it's our job as followers of Jesus to celebrate with those who celebrate, to grieve with those who grieve, to be part of our communities. And so to do that well and to do that sustainably, we have to have Jesus making us. I love, um, I think it was in the previous one. Um, Not by shielding us from all sorrow and pain, but strengthening us to bear it as it comes. Not by making our path easy, but by making us sturdy. I love that word sturdy. Sturdy so that we can travel any path. In other words, no matter what God calls you to, no matter where he tells you to go, no matter what situation that is full of brokenness and pain and heartache that he asks you to step into, that you will be able to sustain both yourself and the kingdom of God by making you sturdy. I think that's a good prayer. I think that's a good prayer. I think um, over the last couple of years, those of us who follow Jesus have, have had to find a faith and an inner strength that maybe we didn't even know we had or needed before. And I feel like, and I, I have to say I feel this in a prophetic way, that there's, a, there's been a certain... Um, winnowing of the the wheat from the chaff and a certain strengthening and um you know i kind of like as i was kind of praying about what i felt like god was showing me about this strengthening and about this making us ready you know when you're um, working out when you work out a lot your muscles break down and they get sore lactic acid builds up like you feel pain as you build muscle And that's true for us mentally, emotionally, and spiritually as well. You build muscle as you feel that pain. And so don't run from it. That's my encouragement for you. Don't run from it. Embrace it. Give what you need to give to Jesus. And pray to the Holy Spirit to strengthen you so that you can bring the good news of Jesus Christ to a community who needs it so bad. Because, guys, a lot of folks in our communities, they don't have anywhere to turn. They don't have anyone to strengthen them because they don't know Jesus. Because they don't have the Holy Spirit working in their lives and in their hearts and in their families. And I, for one, can't imagine living that way. Like, I've got to have the hope of Jesus Christ. Like, I've got to have the strength of the Holy Spirit working in me. I, like, legit can't, I don't know how I could have done, I don't know how people do live without Jesus. Like, I literally just don't, I don't even get it. Because I couldn't. I, I don't think in and of myself I'm that strong. I need the Lord. I need his encouragement. I need the, the edification of his word. I need to be able to give him stuff in prayer. I need to be able to have the Holy Spirit speak to me and give me guidance and direction and help when I need it. I love when David says, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. 
the Lord Most High. And so I hope that you're encouraged to press in this next year to all that Jesus has for you. None of that was part of my message, but there it is. (laughs) The gospel is always relevant, always transformative, and should always be our central message. Always. We should always be Jesus-centric. We should be Jesus-centered. We should be center-set. And at that center is Jesus. Jesus should be the Son, S-O-N, S-U-N. Son. And we, everything we do and are revolves around Him. That He is our center of gravity. We have to keep Jesus central. No matter what we're doing, no matter where God calls us, no matter what He asks us to put our hands to, we have to keep Jesus at the middle of that. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. That's good news. Salvation has come. Salvation has come. We don't have to live broken. We don't have to live broken. We're under new leadership, under new kingship, in a new nation, in a new people. We're under God. Jesus came for anyone who believes. When faced with a challenge that places a demand on you to succeed, you come prepared. Right? We have to prepare ourselves. We have to be ready for the task that is at hand. Our tools have to match our task. Our weapons have to match our war. Your strength has to match your struggle. We have to be ready. We have to be prepared for what it is God has for us. And so one of my challenges to you this morning is what are you doing to prepare. How are you finding tools for your toolkit to bring God's kingdom to bear on our world? What weapons do you have in your arsenal against an enemy who is actively trying to undermine and destroy our world? What do you have? And are you strengthening yourself, not by running away from trouble, not by running away from situations, not by avoiding pain, but instead pressing into it and saying, God, what do you have here for this situation? In the spiritual task before us, the war for the hearts of humanity, as it talks about in Ephesians 6.12, and the struggles we face today, there's only one set of tools on which we can ultimately rely that will never fail us, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That will never fail. There are things that I have skills in that I can do. I can usually figure out most any kind of technology most of the time. That's not going to help me a whole lot when faced when somebody loses a loved one or is dying or they just, their marriage just broke apart or they, their child is drug addicted or like that. My, my technology gifting is not going to be super helpful in that. 
Maybe, maybe on the outskirts, maybe, you know, there's something they need fixed and that can be my way in. But, like, that's my main tool set is the Holy Spirit, my ability to pray for them, ask God to intervene, my knowledge of Scripture, what can I bring to bear in the situation that God is for you and not against you, that you have an everlasting hope. Like, that, though the gospel of Jesus that he came and died for our sins and that we have eternal life through him. Those are what tools I can rely on. My tech skills, not so much. My, my vast knowledge of Star Trek will only get me so far. Right? But what tool can I always rely on? And that's the gospel. That's the good news that is Jesus Christ. That brings hope and hope eternal. Ephesians 6.12 says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Have you guys seen the insane, prolific, so dark amounts of divisiveness that have happened over the last few years? Like splitting Christians apart, splitting people apart, splitting families apart. And I would argue that there is a demonic element to that that is beyond just people trying to gain their own power and beyond people wanting to be like, you know, just kind of one up on the other person. I would argue that there is a spiritual demonic attack against our community against our world, and particularly against the church and brothers and sisters in Christ. We have so much more that binds us together that is so much more important than whatever the hot topic of the day is. Jesus is so much more important, and the kingdom of God is so much higher that should be binding us together no matter who you voted for or what you feel about wearing a mask or how you feel about, I don't know, something silly like Pepsi or Coke. There's so much more that, bring, that binds us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And we let outside forces and spiritual darkness beat the crud out of us. And like we allow it, and not only do we allow it, a lot of times we welcome it. Like we engage in it. Like we embrace it. Yeah, let me get ticked off at this or that. Or if this person believes this, then I believe this. And then the enemy like just divides us. And guys, it has to end. It has to be killed. It needs to be bound in the name of Jesus Christ. Because all throughout Scripture, Paul, Jesus himself, calls us to unity as followers of Jesus. He calls for us to love one another, to sharpen one another, to bear one another's burdens, not add to each other's burdens. So let's knock that stuff off. Caught myself. That was good. we got to kill it. We've got to kill it. Don't let the enemy continue to have a foothold. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. 
but against the rulers and the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. No other person that draws breath should be your enemy. Every single one of us bears the imagio Dei, the image of God. There's no person you've ever met or looked into the eyes of that Jesus does not love. And if you're a follower of his, you're supposed to treat them like he does. You're supposed to view them like he does. So let's get to it. Sorry, I haven't my my dad <laughs> thing going on. But like we got we gotta end it. We have to. Guys, the gospel, the good news embodied in the life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Only Jesus and his life, what he did, the way he showed us to live, that has to stay central. The word we translate gospel is a Greek word, evangelion which in the world of the New Testament meant a striking, authoritative, joyful announcement of very good news. Guess what? Each one of you want a million (laughs) dollars. What are you going to (laughs) do? Right? I mean, like, it's a joyful announcement. I read a a story recently. There was this guy who went into a 7-Eleven for chocolate milk, and for some reason he bought a lottery ticket, and he won a million dollars. Like, I imagine when he went home and told his family, it wasn't like, hey guys, you know how I like went to get the chocolate milk? I won a million dollars. It probably wasn't like that, right? He's like, dude! You guys won't believe this! And like, our evangelism, like our presentation of Jesus, it shouldn't be like we were weaned on a pickle. Like, it shouldn't be this, like, you know, you know, like, sour, like, guys, it's, it's good news. It's good news. And so much in our world has, like, dug on the church and dug on Christians and dug on Jesus himself. And it's because they're not hearing the good news. Not only do we say the good news, we have to be the good news. Like, as followers of Jesus, people should want to know you. They should want to be around you. They should want you as, your co- as their co-worker. They should want you as their friend. They should want you as their family member. Are you exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit in your life? Are you being the good news to others? The good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is the announcement that God has intervened for us humans in our troubles, with rescue, with hope, with restoring power, all in and through Jesus Christ. And that is good news. Especially to a world that is really lacking in hope right now. There's so much hopelessness. There's, there's so much apathy. There's, there's so much... And I've wrestled with it too, guys. I'm not like saying I'm exempt because I'm not. I'm, most of the time when I'm preaching on a Sunday morning, I'm preaching to myself. But like, 
you know, despair, tiredness, apathy, you know, just feeling general weariness. Jesus brings us hope. Jesus restores us. Jesus rescues us. And so if we can press into him, and, and again, like I mentioned earlier, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. So if you're feeling any of those things, if you're in any of those places, I would encourage you, pray. Ask others to pray with you. Find fellow believers who will strengthen you and encourage you and speak into you and speak life. Don't just, don't just get beat up. Because we know from Ephesians that our battle is not against flesh and blood. Right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, or eternal life. Sorry, this translation is different than what I have memorized. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. John 16 and 17. I have a son. I have a son that I love incredibly. Like, anything he needed, I'm, like, I will do my best to care for him. If a bullet's coming at him, I'm stepping in front of that sucker. Like, I would do anything for my kid. And I can't imagine God giving his one and only son for me. Like, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. I'm just being honest. I think of Abraham and God telling him to go and sacrifice his son up on the mountain. And, like, I just, I can't, like, I, ha- I just, I have a hard time squaring it in my head. I'm just being transparent. But God did that, and Jesus chose to walk that out. And not to condemn us, but to save us. He did that for us. Guys, that's huge. That's good news. That someone else took my place. For us followers of Jesus, we're faced with a myriad of options for how we can proceed in advancing the cause of Christ. I mean, there's lots of things you could do, right, to put your hands to in our towns and in our cities. And we have to come to grips with the good news that is Jesus Christ. Like, how does the gospel inform how I'm caring for others and how I'm caring for the community? How does it inform that? Therapy is beneficial. Activism is important. Love flowing from our heart and compassion from one person to another, it has great merit. It brings, it brings great healing. But therapy can't and ultimately won't bring the heart to a place of utter complete freedom unless the power at work behind that therapy is the gospel, the good news, the person of Jesus Christ. And I fully support and believe in the benefits of therapy. My wife has a master's degree in clinical psychology. Like she, This is what she's trained in is therapy. So I, be, I believe in it, and I've benefited from it myself from good counseling. 
But know this, I don't confuse a powerful technician, a powerful therapist, with the only one who's the great physician. It cannot be replaced by the speaking of the Holy Spirit, by the influence of Jesus Christ. It can't be replaced by that. Full, complete restoration and healing can only be achieved in the person of Jesus Christ. And so the best is some, a therapist who also is speaking the word of God. And it's this combination. And let me say this from a, a pastoral place. I'm not a therapist. And I don't have the tools in my toolkit that they do. And I know scripture, and I can pray for you, but there's things that they can do that I cannot just the same way that I'm not a doctor. Like, I know how to apply a Band-Aid. If you have a huge open wound, I'm not going to be a lot of help to you. I can pray for you. I know Scripture. But you probably need to go see a doctor. So it's this, I want you to hear me being exclusionary. It's a both and, not an either or. But I'm just saying not one or just the other can truly bring full restoration. Sometimes it's a combination of both. Now, can God just free us? Yes. Have I seen people miraculously like restored and healed and relationships healed? I have. But I've also seen people go through periods of, of counseling and healing and spiritual direction that brings them to that place as well. And so it's not I don't, you know, so often we like to just be, it's either this or this, and that's just not the case. Oftentimes it takes both. The most energetic activism, and I believe activism is important. I believe, like, God calling you to fight for a cause is important. But that impact will be far less and shorter term unless the gospel embodied in people and plans, fuels that change of the human heart to God, to oneself and to the world. My, my former youth pastor started a Christian environmental organization. It was something he was passionate about. He was passionate about the environment. And he felt like that the church um, mostly ignored it, like didn't just didn't care. Basically, a lot of folks he ran into are like, well, God gave us the earth to subjugate, so that basically means we can do anything we want with it. Um, and his thought process was, God gave us the earth as a gift, and why are you treating your gift that you were given so badly? If your kid did that, you would like get after your kid and take the gift away, right? Like, if I gave my kid a computer and he decided to use it as a Frisbee, that computer's not coming back to him. And God thinking the same way, right? Like, I gave you this earth to care for. How come you're treating it so badly? That was kind of his theology behind it. Um, and so he was an activist for this. But I'll say this. He did a really good job of keeping Scripture and keeping prayer and keeping the purpose of what he was doing in his activism central to, I'm doing this because God gave us this great gift that we were to shepherd, to care for, and we've been doing a bad job of it. And so I know of a, he, he went to a lot of college campuses, 
and met with students to talk to them about this. And there were a number of them that got saved. He led them to Jesus because of his activism, because he cared about something that they cared about, and the Holy Spirit used that to reach people who might never have been reached for the gospel. Now, on the flip side of this, when I was a young man, um, I was at Yakima Foursquare, and we had a family in our church, and um, they were super big in, into the right to life movement. Um, and the, it, was, it was started off really good. I mean, they were doing it for the right reasons, for, for solid reasons. But they got so sucked into it that it literally like broke their family apart because everything they were doing was like rallies and meetings and marches and all these different things. And so they didn't spend time like caring for their, their family family. And it ended up in divorce. One of the daughters ended up dating someone who was a convicted murderer in prison. Um, I mean, it was just this whole big, like kind of ugly result of the fact that they took their eyes off Jesus and instead put it on the cause. And so while what they were doing was, was worthy they took their eyes off the ball. They took their eyes off Jesus. And everything became about the cause and not Christ. And you have to keep your eyes on Christ. When you're, when you're pursuing justice, it has to be for the purpose of bringing the good news and bringing God's kingdom to bear. Justice in and of itself, just for the purpose of justice, is fine, but who's the ultimate judge and who's the ultimate arbiter of justice? That is God. So we have to stay focused on him and keep Jesus central. My friend Peter, who was the environmental activist, it would have been really easy for him to lose his way and not keep Christ focused and not keep it gospel-centric. It has to be gospel-centric when God has calls us to action. Because ultimately, we're not here for the cause, we're here for the Christ. We have to keep Christ central. Our greatest efforts to love others, to love one another, motivated by compassion and altruism, will find themselves failing to solve that inner need of a love-starved heart. Until that person meets love himself, which can be found only in Jesus. Hear this, you cannot be Messiah for anyone. You cannot save anyone. Only Jesus can do that. No one has a dusty-shaped hole in their heart. And that would be a big hole. (laughs) It can only be Jesus. Only Jesus can fill our deepest need, our connection with God. All of us, whether people recognize it or not, have a need for Jesus. We have a need to be connected to God. We need God. Don't put yourself in the place of where God should be. We should love one another. It's one of the commandments. 
God said, love your neighbor as yourself, right? We're, we're called to do that. Just don't, don't put yourself in the place of Jesus. Don't put you, yourself as Messiah. And for, for those of us, I'm uh, the whole, I'm like a compassion person. I, I always want to help. And my, like my, my funny bone reflex in my heart is just say, what can I do? And there have been times in my life, for sure, where I have put myself in the place of where Jesus probably should have been. And I was trying to provide healing when that really should have been Jesus providing healing. And I, I, it's something I struggle with. It's something I wrestle with. I do. Um, I'm not saying I have a Messiah complex because I don't, but I, I do want to bring healing. And I want God to use me to do that and so it's this constant, like, communication with the Holy Spirit of, okay, God, where do I need to end? And where do you need to be? And, like, kind of working that out. And so my encouragement to you is listen to the Holy Spirit. So you might ask yourself, or me, what does the heart-transforming power of the gospel have to do with our mental, emotional health, our faithful activism, and our compassionate acts of service. Hear this. The gospel changes not only the heart that is healed, changed, and loved in that moment of an encounter with Christ. The gospel also changes the impact of that heart on their relationships, in their society, and in every arena of human living as we know it. See, when it's Jesus making the change, when it's the good news being enacted in someone's life, if we're truly seeking after Jesus and we've truly like, accepted Christ into our heart, into our lives, that overflows. Like a, Our human soul is way too small, is way too minuscule to be able to contain all that is the love of Jesus Christ. Like We, just, we can't hold that. And so it, it can't help but outflow from us. It can't help but overflow into our relationships. It can't help but overflow into our community. Jesus should be affecting and changing every aspect of our lives. Like everything. Or we're probably doing it wrong. Like if, if you say you're a follower of Jesus, but really it doesn't matter... Like it doesn't change anything? I would posit that you're doing it wrong. I would suggest that you're following. It's, it's hard to follow somebody. Let's, let's say Jesus is walking down this aisle. I say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm following you, Jesus. Well, Jesus is walking down that aisle and I'm going over here. I'm not actually following him. Now, maybe I'm going to go parallel a little bit with where he's going, but like I'm not actually following him. I'm kind of going my own route, and maybe sometimes I might meet up with Jesus. That, guys, that's, that's not being a Christian. That's not being a follower of Christ. That's not being a people of the way. When Jesus says, this is the way, 
then I follow that. And yes, that was a Mandalorian reference. (laughs) But Jesus did it first. And the disciples were called the people of the way. Well before my friend George Lucas thought of Star Wars. Um, We have to follow him or we're not following the way of Christ. So I encourage you this morning for this year as we move into this new year, and we're going to be talking about this all month. Do not lose from your eyesight. Do not do not lose sight of Jesus. Do not lose sight of the good news of what Jesus brings to us because it can literally transform your life and the lives of those you love. If you truly love someone and care for them, you're going to want them to know Jesus. Now, that can express itself in all kinds of ways. Like I was saying before, it's, it's not just words. I love St. Francis of Assisi said, preach Christ at all times, and when necessary, use words. Our whole life, our very existence, should be showing people Jesus. It's that important. Um, I'm going to say a word of prayer. We're going to close there. I know it's cold in here. <laughs> but um, thank you guys for, for coming this morning. As I said, we're gonna, this is kind of going to be our focus for the month is, is the greatness that is the gospel. So Lord Jesus, I ask, would you stir in our hearts and minds? Lord, would you... Um, I feel from the Holy Spirit someone's actually wrestling with the thought I don't even know that Jesus is that important to me. And the Lord um, he's I felt like he's using me to let you know that yes He should be that important to you. That you're a sinner in need of salvation. That you need Jesus. That you have made choices that you've done. You've had brokenness in your life that needs healed. That only Jesus can take care of. And only through his sacrifice on the cross can that be dealt with? And so, yes, Jesus is that important. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in this moment. And you probably feel a little bit of a stirring in your heart right now. And so God's calling you. He's calling you out. He's asking for you to meet him. I don't know if that's here in the room or if it might be somebody watching online, but just know that the Holy Spirit saw you this morning and that Jesus is calling to you and he wants you. He loves you. He cares for you. He died for you. And he wants to have relationship with you, not just being something on the side or a nice mental exercise.
but actually central to your life. So, Lord, I just pray that for all of us. Jesus, can you be central? Jesus, can you truly be our north star? Can you guide us and direct us? Jesus, can we keep you as our, our guiding light, as our hope, as our direction? Jesus, you are our promise of salvation. Jesus, you, you gave everything to restore us with right relationship with God, that we could be whole again, that we could be healed. So, Lord Jesus, I pray, would you show us how to follow you better? Would you help us to bring your kingdom both in our lives and in the world around us, Jesus? Lord, we thank you for who you are and all you've done for us. And Lord, I just speak a blessing over my friends, Lord God, both here in this room, those watching online, Lord God. Lord, I just speak a blessing in the name of Jesus. Lord, would we be blessed with the power of the Holy Spirit that you would guide our path, that you would direct us, that you would stir our hearts, that you wouldn't let us grow cold. But Lord, instead we could follow you with everything that we have, Jesus. Laying down our own stuff and instead taking up the mantle of your kingdom. So bless us, Lord. Bless us with hearts that are desiring after you. Amen. Thank you, guys. Um, as I said, we're going to continue on in kind of this theme for this month. Um, uh, just as a, a point of reference, if, if folks could um, hang around next week after service, we're going to take all of our amazingly beautiful decorations. We're going to pack them up after church next week and take them upstairs. Um, you know, I just, I wanted to be, I don't know what, what it is like. There's like 360 days till Christmas and people have already decorated. It's just this weird thing and we, we don't want to be that guy. So <laughs> I personally would love to keep Christmas up all year, but I get outvoted in that. So bless you guys. Thank you. We'll see you next week.